Welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 22, Episode 4, Fast and the Furious, Full or Drift. The book, Star Wars X-Wing Raid Squadron by Aaron Alston. The year, 1998. Chapters 7 and 8, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Hey everybody, welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast, where I'm Jeff, and that's John, right over there, about to say a word. No. There's one. We got one. <sighs> we got the silent movie reference I, from a person who, to my knowledge, has not seen silent movie. True. Yeah. Check it out sometime. Take old silent movie out for a spin. It's one of the forgotten Mel Brooks classics. Yes, a truly forgotten classic. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like History of the World Part 2, which... Everyone has forgotten already. It's sad. <laughs> so, uh, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Good, good. Things are things are going okay. You're coming I, out of your sickness cave. Yeah, I. I mean, we missed the last recording because of some con crud when uh, we got back from the Emerald City Comic Con. You're always going to get a little con crud. Thankfully, you know, not COVID, and also not. Anything particularly bad, I just, you know, hibernated for two days and then came out of my cocoon and was like, ah, fresh as a daisy. You know, one more and you would have been a Jesus allegory. You want to go back in? <laughs> Don't put me back in, man. <laughs> I can't do more time in the hole. Yeah, people always forget that it took three days for Jesus to recover from the dead, but he did two and then he went off to a cabin in the mountains and split logs till government agents showed up. <laughs> Jesus, we need you back in. <laughs> I already did my time. The Pharisees took Peter. <laughs> that helicopter got room for my equipment. <laughs> my cross is around back. Uh, and then, yeah, the third day was 20 years later after he swore he'd retired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you don't believe me, check out my version of the Bible. Check out the Bible by Jeff. <laughs> now available at my garage. I'm looking for publishers. Mm, Bible by Jeff. <laughs> yeah, it's also a fragrance line. <laughs> it's also a workout routine. I mean, I, I feel like I would probably do better with selling it if it was a fragrance line and it just smelled like used bookstore. Because mm -hmm. that is a smell that a lot of people have a strong association with. So if I was just like, Bible by Jeff, it smells like old books. We put a bunch of wood pulp at the bottom of mm -hmm. some water and you'll love it. <laughs> we mashed up so many silverfish. You guys have this really important to the smell. <laughs> It's real nasty in that bottle. Do not look. Don't get in there. Just just enjoy the light brown scent. We made it very opaque. <laughs> There's a reason that we made the bottle opaque, because the contents, often described as creamy, with hints of, of, uh, of exoskeleton. Disturbing, and yet terrifying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You don't need to shake it, though. There's a live house centipede in there that, that uh, keeps everything mixed for you. Constantly swimming. It can't die. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I did write the Bible. Yeah. I mean, I can, By choose, Jeff. I can choose whether or not a house centipede gets delivered. I. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. Mm -hmm. If you write a version of the Bible, you decide how bugs work now. <laughs> that's the only thing I can do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't saying I have power over life and death. No. That's, that's just like what Crow T Robot wishes for. <laughs> no, I, I just can keep one bug alive or dead. And if I choose for it to die, then I don't have any powers left. So it's really kind of a hard choice. 
Hard choice. Yeah, ever since I wrote that version, I've been keeping this one house centipede alive. I just think they're neat. Huh? Star Wars, huh? Huh? That makes way more sense than whatever the fuck any of that was. Yeah. Also, I gotta say, I'm so glad that this had a, like, dramatis personae at the beginning of this. Yeah. Because when we started up the chapters here, it was like... Fanon and Grizz were talking, and I'm like, the fuck? What? Who's what? Yeah, you know, Face and Greaser were talking to Smizmo. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, down in the cafeteria, Bill Jack was talking to Frontbot. And I'm like, nope, I don't know who any of this is. You've obviously mistaken the contents of this book with Drive Time Radio. Well, you know, the amazing pilots of uh, Wraith Squadron. You got eyebrows. <laughs> you got elk piss in the butt, man. <laughs> Real live actual John Candy. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Getting back into this, especially after having <laughs> a little hiatus in the middle there, I was like, I've completely forgotten who everyone is, and I don't wish to know. Ah, that's fair. That's very fair. I mean, I think so so Face is the one who used to be an Imperial celebrity. That was the one I was you like, okay, I remember Face because it's just a word. Yes. But when they started being like, and then like Jasmine said, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, who's Jasmine? She's Admiral Akbar's niece, I think, not yep. daughter. So that one's easy because that's one of the three aliens. So that's how I remember that. I mean, it's not easy because I couldn't remember the name. It's just some Star Wars name. That's fair. They were like, then the fish girl said something. I'd be like, oh, yeah, she's yeah, Akbar's right. niece. We got, a, we got a Mon Cal in the squadron. <laughs> we also got Grinder. Grinder's the Bothan. Yeah. So that's easy to remember. And even if he was just going by his real name, he's got like a wrong Bothan name where he didn't, they didn't remember to put the Aaliyah designation. Which is, end. again, another way to make me be like, I don't know what the fuck you are. You don't have the proper Star Wars name. <laughs> Much like half the Bothans we've ever read about because they decided that halfway through writing all of these books. So you still have guys like Koth Milan in Shadows of the, or Shadow of the Empire where he actually does stop to explain why he doesn't, he's not Koth Melania. <laughs> Hold on. Let me explain. I guess it'd be Melanie Leah. So he'd be like, I'm Koth, Midwestern girl at name. <laughs> Record scratch. You might be wondering why I don't have a Leah. <laughs> and it's because I don't have Disney parents for adults. Or Disney adults for parents. That makes more sense when I say it that way. <laughs> I have Disney parents for adults. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I asked for an adult and they gave me a Disney parent. (laughs) You fucked up. I'm really glad that my parents did not go 100% full Disney adult until well after I moved out of the house. So I didn't have to like participate in any of it. Yeah, man, you really dodged a bullet there. Yeah, kind of. Because now they've gone. They're they're probably at Disneyland right now. I don't know. They go once a week at least. At least. Yeah. And and, uh, they are constantly trying to get Sage to care about Disney cartoons and stuff, which... Thankfully, she will not. She refuses to. <laughs> Absolutely will not. Yeah, she's like okay with Minnie Mouse, and none of the rest have any kind of pull on her whatsoever. Yeah. So so that's good. Anyway, yeah, I have no idea. I, I thankfully did remember who most of these people are. You got you got the uh, the, the three women in the squadron, Jasmine, Fallon, and, and Tyria. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fallon Sand Skimmer gets a whole big routine in this one, so we get to know her a little better. Yeah, she's got a whole bit of business. Yeah, the only one I couldn't remember off the top of my head, like I knew who he was, but I couldn't remember his distinguishing characteristics, was Ton Fainan. But he's the he's the cyborg-y one. Yeah, he's the cyborg doctor. And he's also a horn dog. He's yeah. A, he's a horn dog cyborg doctor. The problem I had was I was like, okay, Fannin, Fannin. I remember that name. What the fuck was your deal? And the list of people at the beginning does not help because it's just like, a human. I'm like, fuck you. 
Don't do that. You know why I'm looking someone's name up at the beginning of this. Hell, by the MMO rules, he's not even that. I know. He's a cyborg. Thankfully, like a paragraph later, they're like, and then he turned to the cyborg and said, I was like, oh, it's you. Okay, now I remember. Yeah, he's the one who's been in a couple of bad crashes. Yeah, he's he's got like half his face blown off. Yeah, so he's got a lot of cyborg parts, which is funny because like half the the squadron has interesting scars. (laughs) So interesting. We got to deal with that. But anyway, we are... Uh, this one opens, as so many squ- chapters do with these squadron books, with a bunch of X-Wings flying out into a training exercise. But now it's actual X-Wings. We're not in the training sim no more. Yeah, which he notes and points out how how uncannily similar to the simulator it is, which makes you wonder why we haven't... If we've got, like, such good simulations that they can do the gravity feel and all that shit inside the, co- the, uh, the simulators, why don't they just fly from those? Oh, because... Uh, they can I still mean, put droids in them if you wanted to blow something up that's alive and sentient for fun. I do, but <laughs> also, given that we have a scene where some hacker just from a spaceship is like, I hacked the government from my little yeah. X-Wing, I'm like, no, if you send out a fucking droid ship, they'd be like, dude, dude, it's mine. <laughs> ah, I guess that's fair. Good point. Maybe that's why they stopped doing that after the prequel era when they when the uh, Separatists lost. And they were like, no more of these droid armies. This is horse shit. Yeah, it doesn't work. That's fair. I mean, it was their fault for primarily staffing their entire army with comedy relief droids. Ugh. The the uh, B-1 battle droid was on, you know, Roger Roger and like falls down and head, its head comes off and all that. It's got to be charged every 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're bad It's droids. just a shitty cell phone. They're just crappy. They're like little Nokia droids. Yeah. I mean, except Nokias are like indestructible. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't even know what you'd call it. This is like a little Blackberry. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Blackberries can keep a schedule. (laughs) I mean, they can keep a schedule. They're just not good at it. (laughs) 7 p.m. Die. (laughs) (laughs) Here I go. Roger, roger. Uh, Yeah, there are four four, uh, X-Wings are flying out, and they're doing a live fire exercise. Their mission, uh, Wes Jansen is flying the shuttle that's been assigned to the squadron, and he is towing behind him. A sort of big parachute thing. Yeah, he's just got a bunch of cloth in a tractor beam behind him. And their job is to go shoot a torpedo at the cloth, but not the shuttle. Yes. So so the mission comes down from Wedge, who's flying up above them in a ship that they refer to as I. And we're, of course, sticking with our main sort of protagonist point of view of Kel Tainer. Yep, and his wingman Runt. And Kel is super nervous because he's like, you know, I was fine when we were in the simulator, but he gets real, like, fidgety as soon as he goes, I'm in a multi-million credit fucking machine right now. I've got live ammo. If I fuck up, I might kill myself or my wingman. He's got a real sense of uh, fear about being in charge. Like, he would be be doing much better in his own mind if he was just a wingman and not the flight leader. But he has this nasty sense of, like, oh, my God, if I get anyone killed, then it's my fault. It'd be all my fault. Yeah, if I fuck up, it's going to be terrible, and there's so much pressure. Which is weird, because he spends most of his downtime lamenting that he's not currently top of the pops, so he might lose his leader position at any moment. I don't know if it pays more or what. I mean, he's got a couple things. It's not that he's like, oh, I don't want to be in charge. He's just like, I am terrified of fucking up being in charge. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so Wedge pops down from the mi- in the mission head from up above, and he's just like, hey, guys, here's the story. I'm now turning off communication between the two sets of wingmen. So five and six, you're on your own. Seven and eight, you're on your own. Uh, your mission is to fly out towards that shuttle, the Ferris, I think it's called, that uh, that Wes Jansen is flying. 
And uh, if you get within two kilometers of it, then you go into attack mode. And at one and a half kilometers, you take your shot at the thing it's dragging. Uh, if you hear me, <laughs> yeah. If you hear me say abort, it's because you targeted the fucking ship like an asshole, so, and you need to pull back immediately. So then you're in trouble. Do not fire if you hear abort, no matter what. The only reason I would call abort is if you're targeting Wes. Yeah. Um. So with those two bits of instruction, go. Yeah. He's like, all right, uh, five six, you go out first, mm-hmm. and the two of them go. Uh, you know, uh, Kellen Runt. Kellen Runt. And I'll say this, at least Runt doesn't lose his shit in this. I mean, it's not a high tense situation, because normally Runt has been losing his shit whenever it's like, oh, there's someone to go murder. And he'll be like, yeah, go time! Yeah, he has a a ululation he does and everything. He goes all nuts and he's like, I have blood in my eyes, I gotta kill. But here we just shoot a parachute. He's, He's not gonna go nuts here. Yeah. Unfortunately, once they get to that two clicks out, uh, they, you know, put the S-foils into attack position, mm-hmm. and then it all goes wrong. Yep, right away, uh, he realizes, does Kel, that he's got no targeting computer. There's no way for him to good, get a good lock on the uh, the enemy ship. Yeah, all of his, like, sensor functions essentially go down, mm-hmm. and when he calls over to Runt, Runt's like, all of my weapons are offline. I yeah. can't shoot anything. Yeah, I think the critical distinction here is that Ru- uh, Runt calls out, yeah, my weapons are offline. We have a general failure, which I think is an interesting cho- choice of words. He actually says general failure. Uh, and so Kel, dispirited by this and and uh, worried, tries to eyeball his c- a torpedo shot and misses by like 40 kilometers and hits a mountain on full lore. Yeah, and I mean, he's definitely like, I'm going to try and eyeball a shot. But I'm also very much like veering wide on the angle because I don't want to be like, ah, let's hit the thing that's dragging behind yeah. a thing yeah, and shoot. shove a torpedo up its ass. Yeah, he can't shoot straight from the tail. He needs to, t- to basically pickle a shot so that it'll hit it traveling at shuttle speed from an oblique angle instead of from right behind it. Uh, but he misses and, you know, Wedge is basically like, yep, that's a fail. Come on back, fellas. And uh, then he turns the uh, the mics back on so they can hear seven and eight. And uh, Kel's interested in this. So he's like, great. Uh, Runt, call up their telemetry. I want to see what they do. And they fly in. Same conditions. Same problem. And seven, and seven and eight is Face and uh, Fannin. Yes, Face and Fannin. And they have the same problem where Face calls, hey, my weapons are offline. And he gets a response of, yeah, my communic- my uh, targeting systems are down. And Kel's like, oh, okay. So it is a trap. It's just going to get them too. And they go, but your chocolate tastes great on my peanut butter. Yeah. They're just like, oh, well, I'll do the targeting, transfer the telemetry over to your droid, and you fire with my targeting. Yeah. Okay. I'll just, you know, give you what I see, and when it my weapon systems say, pull trigger, you pull trigger. Yeah. And what do you know? That was the right answer to this. Every I don't know how Kel isn't constantly suspecting puzzles at every turn. I mean, after that, he does, even when there isn't one. Yes. So... <laughs> This is the problem with the Wedge and Jansen uh, training thing is it's basically the boy who cried wolf for training. Yeah. Because every time they're like, here's a thing. You're going to do a simple thing. Oh, no, you're not. We're going to fuck with you. And then as soon as we get into a situation towards the end of these chapters where they're like, oh, there's an actual problem going on. His immediate thought is, oh, this is a bullshit training exercise. (laughs) I have to find something to do that isn't just sit around because this is a test. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he He's now on super edge because they keep doing these stupid gotcha puzzles instead of just checking to see if he can fly an X-Wing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like, 
I understand the idea of like, oh, we want to make sure that you can, you know, think quickly, think mm-hmm. out of the box, come to solutions with your wingmate, whatever. I get that. See, this is but why if I you to... do it for every mission, yeah. then it stops being a thing where you're like, oh, we wanted to see if you could think on your feet. You're like, no, every mission is that, and it all sucks. Yeah. See, this is why I was calling so much attention to the phrase "general failure" that he gets from Runt. Because to me, that implies everything's broken over here, boss. I got nothing. I've got a general failure. I I was viewing it as, oh, I can't shoot a weapon. The mission is to shoot a weapon. That's a failure for me. I'm yeah. out. Yeah, because, well, I mean, the thing is, you're supposed to be able to see that that uh, Kel and Runt had the same opportunity that Face and Tannen did, or Fannin did. Yeah. Which is, oh, my weapons are down. And also, I spent all my money to buy these weapons for you. <laughs> Uh, but I don't know that Runt responds with a with a thing that's like, hey, yeah, all, my weapons are fully down, and so is my targeting. He just kind of says, like, general failure, which is kind of uh, interpretable, which means that part part of this could also just be like, hey, you two need to work on your communication skills. Yeah. I would I can see that. <laughs> Granted, that's also the kind of thing where, like, why do you have those fucking astromech droids on your ships if not for that exact situation? You should have it, whatever's sitting behind him go beepity-boop. Uh, he still has weapons and you still have targeting. I don't think it's that he didn't know that uh, Runt had targeting. He just didn't think of it. That's the point of the exercise. It's just too easy to rattle. Yeah, it's just, oh, he can't shoot. We're both supposed to take a shot. So he's like, all right, well, he can't. I can. And I'll just try and eyeball it. Yeah. Because, I mean, at least the, the thing we're supposed to see is it's because he's more worried about doing right for him. Yes. He's not like oh, we should try and work together to get the best result aggregate. He is very much worried, and you see it in the aftermath of this, about how he's going to look. Yes, because notably, as we're flying out from this one, he's kind of silently fuming to himself. He's like, yeah, fucking, this is the second time I've gotten caught in one of these dumb little traps, and the first one zeroed out my score, and now this one's going to as well. How am I supposed to stay on top of this stupid outfit if I keep getting tricked by dumb tricks? And this is what he's thinking all the way to the gym, where he's beating up on a, uh, for some reason, a really fat b- uh, body dump, or dummy, like a, a thing to punch, like a punching bag that looks like a fat person. They have a neat thing for the, like, punching dummy here, yeah. in that they're like, oh, we made it so that it feels like actual flesh and bone, yeah. but then re-knits itself. Yes, yeah, so you can. if you punch it hard enough to break a bone, you'll actually hear and feel the bone break. Well, that's kind of cool, sure. And then it immediately fixes itself, obviously. Yeah. But they also describe it as looking like just the fattest, world's fattest man for some reason. I mean, he he just describes it as very blobby looking. So I don't (laughs) think it's that it's like, oh, this looks like a fat guy as much as it is, oh, this has the general-ish shape of a dude. (laughs) It's just sort of, oh, there's like a lump that's a head and a lump that's a body. Yeah, yeah, which is... Also how he describes all fat people. I hate to tell you this. I hate to tell you. Yeah. It turns out Kel Tainer, real fat phobic. Real fat phobic. He's got a real problem with those with uh with folks. And I don't I don't know if he should be in a leadership role. I'll be I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest. Yeah. I don't like this guy. No. So far I haven't liked him, and these two chapters don't do much to change that. <laughs> no. Every time we get Tainer business, I'm like, Jesus, man. Can we pick another pilot to follow? What's Jasmine all about? There's <laughs> yeah. no way she sucks. She's Admiral Akbar's niece. She every time we see anything with her, which is like twice, I go, "Hey, you're nice and you're competent. Good job. Can I come you with, did it. Can I come with you? <laughs> I want to be in your squad." <laughs> oh, sorry. These squadron books are about a white guy. You have to follow the white guy. 
I mean, Tainer's squad is basically the three shitty white dudes and a horse. Yes. So <laughs> they really just shoved everyone they didn't want to deal with in the squadron main character two. squadron. Why would you do that? Yeah. But okay. Um. Anyway. So he's down there just beating the crap out of a dummy and, and kind of... Just beating himself up yeah. at the same time he's yeah. beating up a dummy. Levering into himself over how he's just been a dismal failure at these stupid puzzle tri- uh, things. And then eventually he comes to realize that Runt, his wingman, who needs to be his friend so that the two of them can get along in the in the sky as well, is sitting behind him on one of the balance beams and is like, does it have a troubled mind or an angry mind? Or, you know, just... Oh, well, yeah. I mean, his first thing is he's like... Hey, man, you angry at that dummy or just in general? Yeah. Are you angry at the dummy or do you just have a mad mind? And he's like, uh, I have a, I guess I have a mad mind. He's trying to, he's trying to meet Runt halfway on the whole collective intelligence thing. So he's just like, uh, I guess I have a mad mind. And Runt's like, oh, that wouldn't be accurate. If you had a mad mind and you saw me, you would have tried to kill me. No, he's like, oh, I think you're doing a really good job then. Cause yeah. if you had a mad mind, you've got it under control. Cause you switched out of it real fast there. Yeah. Cause you've noticed how my mad mind, if you probably noticed in the past, is pilot. And pilot gets mad real fast and easy and it's hard to control. But you and I have managed to work some things out. And I want, you know, I just wanted to let you know. Thank you for that. Yeah. You've managed to, you know, break through pilot's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I would like to break through. Your bullshit, if yes. we may, for a minute. Yeah. Because here's the thing. It's not just... When I say that we've noticed some shit about you, I don't mean we in the standard, I have many minds we. I mean we like the squadron has noticed you're a piece of shit. Yeah, everyone's starting to kind of dislike you because you're very selfish and you you, you uh, are constantly brooding and only thinking about yourself. Yeah. And he's you, like, what? That can't be right. No one thinks that about me. I'm too cool for that. I'm the main character, goddammit. And he, he's like, yeah, you know, two other people also failed this mission. I think it was Fa- uh, Fallon and someone else. Yeah, and they're like, you know what they're doing right now? Mm-hmm. They are in the fucking cafeteria laughing and eating with the other pilots where you are here beating yourself up over it. Stop. Yeah. And uh, Kel has a moment in which he gets a chance to consider this this piece of very sage advice from this, I'll say it, irritating, disgusting horse monster. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> but then he just goes, uh, is the girl I like there? God damn it. It was awful. Cause like Runt at least at this point is like, Hey man, I've noticed you have a real problem with self-esteem and with putting yourself up to a place that you can't possibly reach. Mm-hmm. Not only am I, your wingman worried about you. The squad is worried about you. We'd like you to take a moment reflect on what you're doing and see if you can try to, you know, figure out a healthy way to deal with any time you fail. And instead he's like, wait a minute, back up. Did you say someone was at the cafeteria and they were a lady? I like a lady. Can I go to see a lady? It runs like, look, you've noticed that we is in this time. Me, did you notice that we runs are not at, uh, at the cafeteria right now? We had to come down here and talk to you because we're worried about you. We're not, we didn't just come down here because we thought you forgot the cantina. Yeah. We, we we need to have a conversation. He's like, oh, already getting dressed. I saw a pretty girl. <laughs> oh, great. I figure you probably were saying something. Anyway, a vagina calls. <laughs> That's whatever the lot of you were t- always talking about for you. <laughs> That's whatever your dumb horse shit is. <laughs> no, my dumb horse shit looks like this. I keep it. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> it's very dumb. It can't take care of itself in a big wide world. Uh, 
So when Tainer heads up to the cafeteria, he finds basically everyone else in the squadron there. And, uh, I think it's face is in the middle of telling a stupid ass story of yes. a time. He almost got in trouble at another military base. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it might have been Feynman, but I don't remember. It doesn't matter. One of the it's two one of the two of them. One of the two boring guys with cyborg parts, because I think they both have some. No, no, one he just just, just, just scarred up, just a big scar. That's right. Uh, but yeah, he's telling the story about how he was as part of some sort of pilot hazing for tra- in training in an academy. He was running around naked because he had been forced to. He was locked away from his clothes or some shit. Oh, he got or, locked out after know, he slept with someone. He slept with like a lieutenant and got locked out of her quarters and runs naked into the XO of the of the uh, the ship or whatever thing they're on, who he's like, uh, sorry, sir, uh, tests indicate that the portable cloaking device I'm carrying only partially works. And I really wanted the XO of the ship to be like, your delivery is terrible. You should have reduced that to like three words. Punctuality is comedy, you dumb dickhead. Honestly, this is the least run-on sentence of a thing, where he's just like, personal cloaking device, uh, not fully functional, sir. And I'm like, that's a good punchline. It's something. To call out that, I'm like... It's better, I guess. It's you know what? better than three sentences of punchline. That's fair. That's very fair. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely doing it shaggy dog style anyway. So he's like, a partial cloaking device failure, sir, whatever. And he's like, well, they're like, what happened then? Well, the XO gave me a good, hard looking up and down. And I was like, oh man, this is about to get gay, isn't it? This is going to be great. Let's, let's just go ahead and I'm going to clasp my hands together and lean in. What do we got? And then he told me to go t- shower to take care of my shortcomings you know what i'm saying my tiny dick my tiny dick (laughs) but the whole star wars dick the whole point of this though is everyone is trying to get mindonos to actually lighten up because as we had established you know way early mindonos has some serious ptsd Mm -hmm. and And probably should not be on a brand new experimental (laughs) flight crew yeah but Instead, they shoved him on here when he has been trying to bottle all emotions. So, of course, his entire flight crew is like, oh, well, we're just going to try and fuck with you until you crack a smile. Mm -hmm. And he manages to smile at this dumbass story. And they're like, yes, victory. Got him. And right as they notice he's smiling, he's like, oh, um, yeah, because they start asking him questions. Hey, any of that dumb shit happened with Corellian forces? And he's like, yeah, let me tell you about the cat that wouldn't stay buried sometime. But right now, and then they're like, wait, hold on. Was it true you were a sniper? Yep, I'm a sniper. Did you ever, you know, snipe people? And he's like, yeah, fucking yes, obviously. No, I kept trying to, but then a little girl would come up and say, sniper, no sniping, (laughs) and I couldn't do it. Well, let me tell you a real secret about snipers. We miss 99% of the time. (laughs) But when we hit, everyone freaks out. Everyone freaks out. So that's... So no, I've shot ninety nine rounds and a hit ain't one. And and uh, but no, he's like, yeah, I've killed three people in cold blood via sniper rifle. It's never fun, but it's a thing you have to do. Dead enemies are better than dead innocents. Uh, anyway, that reminds me, it's practice time, and it turns out that the the full or base itself is not big enough to practice sniper rifling. He has to go out and stand on a nearby hill and shoot at a different nearby hill. Yeah, they have like blaster pistol train uh, like training areas where you can go, you know. Shoot at little targets and whatnot, like you could have inside of a building. They do not have the capability inside base for sniper training, though. Exactly. So no sniping, as we mentioned previously. And uh, 
So he's heading out, and Fallon is supposed to go with him. She's like, I'm not going to let you stand in, z- in zero air yourself because it's a vac, it's a moon. Yeah, that would so, be fucked up in case something happened. So I'm coming, fine. And then Jesmine stands up to remind us all that she exists and is here. Hi, I'm Jesmine. I'm here, and I would like to go with you. I need uh, practice. She's like, I want to go instead. I need the vacuum suit training. Fine, great, okay. Um, and as they leave, someone's like, Oh, I, I think it's that that uh, they try to hit on Fallon as well as she's as, as, and then she gets mad and leaves like face and, and Tawn try to hit on Fallon. Well, so she stomps out. No, she gets pissed because they're making fun of Mindanos. Oh, OK, yeah. All and right. she's like, how dare you try and put down an amazing soldier? He's had trouble and he's a worried genius uh, and then runs away. And, th- and then Fannin's like. All right, who's got 20 bucks that says she loves Mindonos? <laughs> and, of course, Face is like, I'm not taking that. I am betting the same as you are. But then Grinder, who had not spoken until this point, the, the both of them is like, I'm an expert on humans. And, uh, yeah, no. I've she, seen some humans in my some, day. Yeah, no, she just, she's got, like, the wounded animal syndrome. She, uh, she just wants to try and fix him. She's got those nurturing instincts kicking in. It's a human thing. I don't think you humans would understand it. And then, uh, the, I love the human splaining from Grinder. It is, it is great that that's his characteristic so far. <laughs> I hope it sticks to that. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, great. I've got money on that bet. Hey, what do you think, uh, Tyria? Tyria? And she's, she's like, like eh, it's, it's both. <laughs> it's both. And you probably just didn't know this because you're a both. And, but a lot of women have the wounded animal thing where they like want to take a broken man and, f- fix him in, and then you yeah. know along the way they're like oh i've i've got sunk cost emotional fallacy yeah. so now i'm in love with him too yeah which causes Fainan to try another shot at hitting on Tyria by saying oh is that all it takes hey i've got a real sharp pain in the childhood <laughs> and i'm out and then she leaves too there we go <laughs> and then i think it's time to go have that that discussion the they get called to talk to Wedge about their scores or something, and what ends up happening is they just insult Wedge for being an old oldie who's, who's too old to old. Only Phelan does, which is fucking wild yeah, okay, to so, me. Yeah. So Phelan Sandskimmer is, is jumping up his up his ass for being so old, and she she's like, how old are you, sir? Because yeah. it's not just her. It's also... Um, well, no, they have a discussion about, like... Face. Face hey, is in on it, too. Hey, man, who do you think is the best fighter pilot in the galaxy right now, we thought we would ask you old timers. Cause he's, you know, face is joking around saying that where he's yeah. like, ah, you're, you know, veterans and we're going to call you old timers because of it. Yeah. And wedge who does not know how to take a joke is like, well, I checked your personnel files and technically you're older than me face. Hmm. <laughs> and he's like, no, I mean like old timers as in has had a lot of time flying the last combat generation. I know you started super young and I respect that, but uh, you know, I'm just I'm saying for your expertise, you actually know a shitload of the best pilots out there. We were just wondering. I don't need to know if you get a discount at Denny's or whatever. I was just checking to see if you know a good pilot. And Wes, you know, has a decent answer. Where he's like, I mean, it honestly kind of depends on how you determine best because there's who has the most kills. But then there's also like who's the most proficient fighter, but hasn't had enough fighting time to rack those up because luke skywalker fucking rules but he joined the battle a little late and then spent a whole bunch of time jerking off in dagobah so he didn't rack up as many kills as other pilots that said despite the fact that he doesn't have five thousand tie fighters painted on the side of his x-wing i would not want to dogfight him yeah because he just jedi mind trick me and then hit me with a torpedo that he didn't like the ignition on <laughs> like an asshole 
<laughs> oh, no, wait. He won't do that for like 20 more years. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they go through the whole thing. And finally, Wes is like, you know, if I have to narrow it down, though, there's only one pilot who has survived two Death Star runs and is still great at doing his job fucking Wedge Antilles. <laughs> so that's my vote. And Phelan will not have it. Yeah, Phelan, Phelan's like, uh, yeah, but that's. That's Wedge from like 10 years ago when we were like five years ago when we destroyed the Death Star. You're getting kind of up there in years, sir. And he's like, I'm 28. <laughs> Fucking 28 years old. And she's like, you're ancient. You can't possibly pilot well anymore. And that's when the reflexes start to go Wedge. 28. <laughs> it, it was definitely one of those things where I was like, I understand the whole like, uh, I'm young. You're old. You're ancient. But I'm like, man, even when I was 13, I was like, 28 isn't old. No. You have no. to at least hit 30. And they, they do give us Fallon's or Phelan's age in this. Uh, she's 19 because she mentions that she's nine years younger than him. Uh, when they're like, you'll be as old as him at some point. She's like, yeah, not for nine years. So now we know that she's 19, uh, and somehow has commando and X-wing training already locked down. The, <laughs> the real issue I have is Phelan's whole deal is like, I want to prove myself as a fighter pilot. I've got a chip on my shoulder. The reason that I am like was on the route to being washed out, unlike a lot of other people, wasn't because I was a little sassy pants, like, say, fan in her face. Mm -hmm. It was because I was just real angry. Yeah. But for some reason, she's like, oh, you're in charge of the squad? You're a piece of shit old asshole who can't fly anymore. I really wish that they had had decided to really needle her and be like, yeah, best pilot in the universe, it's Luke. It's Luke Skywalker. It's uh, it's from from Dega, or from Tatooine, like you. Yeah. Also a, a moisture farmer, like you. <laughs> yeah, only he's good, not mm -hmm. like you. <laughs> best I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Wish we had a dozen more exactly like him. Not you, though. <laughs> I wish I could say it runs in the Tatooine and moisture farming line, but apparently not. Yeah. Plus, he's not even really from Tatooine. He's from that random asteroid or whatever. <laughs> you know the story. Everyone knows that story that none of us know. <laughs> but yeah. Instead, she just decides, I would like to get in trouble now for no fucking reason. Yeah, she just goes, I guess she's probably trying to get kicked off this squad like she has all the others. But, uh... Wedge hears this challenge of like, we could outfly you any day. And he's like, all right, get up and come with me. She's like, and you, she's like, me, let's go. And he, she's like, no, we can't fucking dogfight in an X-Wing. We'll get in trouble. And also, he's like, I haven't finished my X-Wing pilot training. You've got knowledge on the vehicle over me. And he's like, fine. They've got fucking garbage scows here. You think I've got an edge on garbage scows over you? And she's like, nope. Nope. But I think you have a wedge on garbage scows. <laughs> I've never heard that joke before. What a brilliant joke. You're out of the squad. <laughs> you can tell it in stand-up, which you'll be doing instead of piloting. Bring me the next slightly angry Tatooinean farm girl. Uh, <laughs> sir, we have thousands of those. Uh, yes, I know. Oh, yes, dime a dozen. I'm aware. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, now they're going to go race garbage hover trucks in, yeah. in a place called the Pig Trough. We get a fucking, like... Morpheus is fighting Neo moment, except it's two people in dumpy ass ore haulers. Uh-huh. And you're like, oh, yeah, finally, these two are going to race in the least impressive, exciting vehicles around. I mean, I appreciate it just for the novelty. At least it's not another X-Wing scene. But yeah, they they uh, they go through a whole thing to make it as fair as possible. There are three of these garbage scows. They pick 
the two that have the best sounding engines and then flip a coin for who gets the best sounding engine. And that goes to Phelan. Yep. So she's got the best engine. Then they get in. Jansen goes off in a fighter jet or something. And he's dro- in an X wing above them. He's dro- He drops a flare at the four kilometer mark and is like, great. You guys are racing to there. The pig trough is a, a big Canyon that they used to do ore mining in, uh, or it's it's a big canyon. It's a natural canyon. Yeah, it was originally caused by by a meteor scraping across the surface, um, but but that means that it's shallow on one end and really high walls on the other. So they're going to be racing down this canyon, and Wedge is like, "All right, great. Well, you ready? Because uh, I'm definitely go." And, <laughs> well, I mean, the whole thing is everyone's like, "Oh shit, we gotta get into the fucking fighters and get up there." And he's like. Wes just goes, no, no, I'll fucking patch it. I'll, I'll go up above. I'll give you a live feed so we don't have to fucking get everyone in the sky. Yeah. So they just get everybody in the squad in like the briefing room so they can watch <laughs> two assholes in dump trucks race each other in a canyon. And of course they take bets, which means there's just a shitload of money riding on Phelan now because she's the, she's the subject of two different ongoing bets. Uh. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I mean, I know this chapter ends with the cliffhanger of they're about to get into their first battle with the Empire, and I'm like, man, what's going to happen to all that money if Phelan bites it? I mean, I guess everyone keeps their money. I guess so. No action, no action. It doesn't matter if she had a crush on anyone or anything. Yeah, we'll never know. We can't determine. We can check her diary, I guess. Dear diary, I might have a crush on Mendonas. (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) Son of a bitch! This is not confirmation or denial if there's any bets riding on that. (laughs) I may or may not have a crush on Mendonas. (laughs) It's impossible to tell until you open this box. (laughs) Box not provided. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so yeah, they get in a big race, and Wedge has the early lead, uh, but she's doing a great job trying to catch up with them. They realize at a certain point, because one of them has piloted garbage scows in the past. One of the audience is like, Oh, I think it's Kel. He's like, those things don't fly like, like a uh, recreational speeders. They've got, because they don't want to damage the thing by running into something heavy. They've got a super heavy repulsor field that goes several meters out in front of the ship as well as underneath it. So when they come close to a big rock or something, oh, there he goes. And you see Phelan run into a big boulder and just go, straight up in the air and gets stuck and kind of crash back down. Yeah, she goes high enough that the repulsor field is no longer actually touching the ground and just kind of goes whoomp and drops back down and loses momentum. Yeah, and not only does she lose momentum, but this lets Wedge gain a number of yards on her. So now she's starting to to catch up, or she's losing him now as opposed to catching up. Yeah, she tries to be like, ooh, I'm going to like get ahead of you at some point, but Wedge is like, no, here's the thing. I'm good. And so she's like, ooh, I'm going to get to the side of you and try and push you. And he goes, yeah, but you didn't get in front of me. And because my nose is in front of yours, I'm just going to push your nose into the side of a it wall. the same thing with that repulsor field way out in front. It's basically got a big sword in the front he can use to shove her, her uh, ship backwards. So, yeah, he keeps pushing her back over and over again. Eventually, she manages to bait him into a mistake where she tries to pull around him. He bl- he follows suit to block, but then he pulls right into the path of one of those big boulders. He goes flying up in the air and slamming back down, in which case she takes the lead. Yeah. Uh, they're basically neck and neck with 
you know, him a little bit out in front for most of it until they get to the final stretch, Mm -hmm. which is a big path in the canyon with one side being relatively flat. The other side of the path is sort of littered with rocks and is much more voluptuous. (laughs) Yes. As we all know, voluptuous being littered with rocks. Oh, the opposite of flat. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Littered with rocks. Yes, littered with rocks. It's very it's very strewn about with boulders. One might say it's Rubenesque with rocks. <laughs> Zoftig with stones. <laughs> thick with boulders. <laughs> I defer to thick. <laughs> so she, of course, immediately goes to the left where it's a much smoother ride and would be a faster path. And smart choice, she's in the lead. And then uh Wedge just goes to the right, and she's like, that's fucking weird. But he's like, no, dude, I want a p- the weird path, because I'm going to immediately head for a boulder, jump that bitch, angle it, and land on top of you. Yeah, so he comes down right on top of her. His dump truck lands on her dump truck. Uh, it's like two Pixar moms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, just like in all my fanfics. <laughs> uh, and... and- then, uh, you know, the repulsor field stops her from taking any real damage, but the weight of all the extra dump truck on top of her dump truck causes her repulsor skirt to slam into the ground. So she's got yeah. no momentum going forward at all, where his immediately tries to extricate him from being stuck on an object and well, yeah, pushes he's him got forward a bit. The repulsor that's yeah. just like, oh, I need to repulse you off of what I'm on. Yeah. So it just jumps him forward. Yeah. So she's yelling at him and he's already t- like given her a compliment at one point when she tricks him into running into a boulder so he flips he's like hey it looks like you can learn at least one thing a day good job and then you figured out boulders yeah so as as he slams on top of her and passes her she's like hey you cheated and he's like cheating no this this, there's no No, cheating what i did was win i'm winning and then when i get out i'm gonna give you a long lecture yeah he's like look when you're out in space and some tie fighter comes by and shoots you through your fucking cockpit and literally vaporizes you so that your insides boil, and we have to scrub the inside of an X-Wing down. Are you going to complain that the TIE fighter was cheating? She's like, no, I'll be dead. Yes. Good. What are you going to do about it? I guess I'll learn how to cheat. Hey, you can learn two things a day. Ah, now never question me again. I'm Wedge Antilles. I'm going to shoot you. (laughs) (laughs) I will kill you. (laughs) There is one point where she's out in front of him, and, and she's like, so what are you going to do now, Wedge? Shoot me? And he's like, I am considering it. <laughs> I mean, I've thought about it. <laughs> Here's the thing. You suck and I hate you, so maybe. I mean, better me than the Empire, right? Because that's your fate. Because <laughs> you're bad at this. <laughs> you should know that. You don't belong here. I could have taken any Tatooinean. <laughs> I could have t- taken the skeletonized remains of Aunt Beru and would have been just as good. <laughs> then get the skeletonized remains of Aunt Beru the fuck in here. Sorry. Oh, okay, yeah, bring him in. Sorry, that was the thing. <laughs> I've got him here. That was the thing that happened when, uh, that was a, a saying from my old water polo team in high school, where anytime anyone was like, my grandma can play better than that, we'd be like, then get, you, get your moldering ass grandma in here. <laughs> it's a team. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So yeah, that, great, everything's wonderful, Wedge gets to show that he still got it in Garbage Scows. He's still a good pilot, baby, and I guess she won't ask any more dumb questions. Just the absolute worst horse shit of being like, oh, hey, my incredibly famous and also 
current <laughs> commanding officer, you're an old piece of shit that sucks. <laughs> you're like, no, that didn't happen. You this is re- wrong. You should retire. 28's the retirement age. That's when the crystal in your hand should light up. It's good that we've put you out to pasture to train pilots instead of putting you in the field where you would definitely forget where you are and then ask for Metamucil. <laughs> Can you please put my Metamucil in some insure? <laughs> so bad. The whole fucking thing sucks ass. Ah, so uh, anyway, now it's time for a real mission. Oh no. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Now it's time for the fucking worst conversation ever had in the human language. Yep. The dumbest horse shit ever. Where we only find out that Kel even gives a shit about Tyria in the last chapter where he's like, ooh, Tyria's there. I'll go see her. I heard there might be a girl. You know, one specific one out of the, I think, three we have. Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't count Jasmine. you know, one's a fish, one's an asshole, and the other is Tyria. In the middle, you have the perfectly reasonable, ty- reasonable Tyria. The exact center point between fish and asshole. <laughs> Ah, yes, the Grundle of Pilots. (laughs) We kind of knew he had a thing for her from earlier chapters as well, but it was was more subdued. This is fucking, now you get to drink from the fire hose. (laughs) This is like zero to 60, where he's like, ooh, that lady is good looking. That's nice. And then immediately he's like, all right, I sit down at the same table as her because I've studied her patterns for when she goes to get food and changed my schedule so that I will be able to sit alone with her in the cafeteria. And I'm like, all right, you're a creeper. What else you got for me? Creep behavior. What are we going to do now? <laughs> Immediately. He's like, Hey, I love you. His opening salvo is I'm in love with you. Yeah. And she's just like, no, you're not. What? No, no, you're not. I'm going to say it this way so that I'm saving you from a deeply embarrassing defeat right now. No, you're not. No, you aren't. In fact, why? And he's like, what? And he's like, tell me, why you're in love with me. Let me hear the Give reasons. Me, just break it down for me, if you would. What exactly is it about me that makes you think, ah, yes, I am in love with that person? Yeah, yeah. So uh, so he's like, uh, uh, put, really put me on the spot here. I had, Isn't it I had planned just... for yes or no or we'll talk about it later, but yeah. I was not <laughs> anticipating... All right, give me the cold calculus of your emotion. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm at least glad he wasn't like, well, you're not a Mon Calamari and you're not Tatooinean. <laughs> yeah. Sandy vaginas. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my friend, Sandy vaginas. They're coarse and rough and they get everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy vaginas really sleeps around. She gets everywhere. <laughs> but he's like, uh, well, because you're perfect for me. You're you're just like I am. You've got similar interests and and... You're also an X-Wing pilot. You're, you're hot and you're, and you're tough. And you're, yeah, and she's like, okay, let me just stop you. You just want, uh, okay, let me just break down what you're interested in. Sure, I'm pretty. Yes, technically I am pretty. I don't care. That's fine. That's You get that one. That's the free space on the bingo card. Uh, I'm just like you. Yeah, I'm guessing that when you were a commando in the commando units, your ideal partner was a commando in the commando units. Am I right? And he's like, uh, you got me all wrong, but, you know, barely protesting. Yeah, no, she's like, look, what you love is the idea of someone that would be like me, you think. Mm-hmm. You have never talked to me. In all of the time that we have been in this squad, you have said five fucking words to me. Yes. You do not love me. You love the idea that someone in this squad might be good enough for you. Yes. 
Uh, it, I mean, I, I would have figured that she'd at least call him out for constantly edging other guys out from getting to sit next to her. Because we've gotten that description at least two times already where he's like, well, at oh, least- I rapidly move in so I sit next to her instead of that fucking horse guy. I mean, the thing is, the times he's done it, it's, oh, I'm trying to sit there instead of, like, feigning. And at least that's like, oh, this guy's a shitty asshole creeper. I'm going to try and get in the way. And you're like, oh, that's appreciated. But then when you immediately are like, hey, turns out I'm all also a shitty creeper, yes, but in yeah. a very different way. No, that, that's bad. <laughs> I'm much more incel creeper than him. I'm I'm much less pleasant. At least with him, the pickup lines are sometimes funny. Yeah, I'm just, he's like, oh, I'm that funny ha-ha creeper, but you also would never want to get drunk around me. And then he's like, ha, you would never want to do that around me, too. I'm that like, oh, but I I would treat you like a princess. You only go for assholes type. I could never imagine you getting drunk. That would be unseemly for a woman as beautiful and trad wifey as I presume you to be. (laughs) But yeah, she's like, look, you've never talked to me. The fact that you are surprised that I responded to your declaration of love the way I did shows you know nothing about me. You don't love me. And in fact, how long yesterday did you spend thinking about me? And he's like, I, wh- what? What are you talking? No, seriously, break it down. Did you spend six hours, one hour, ten minutes? How long did you spend yesterday thinking about me? And he just sits there and is like, <sighs> about... 15 minutes? But baby, those 15 minutes were the stickiest. <laughs> nope, out. <laughs> Gone. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, really sounds like you're head over heels in love with me with your 15 minutes thinking about me and That's never talking. Took. <laughs> I was done in 15 minutes. Okay, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna... Uh, you know I'm what? Gonna... I got places to be. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and leave and you can you can sit in that. Can you walk away slower? I need to set up for my next 15 minutes. <laughs> and I shoot you to death. <laughs> We're going to yeah. need... Bring in the next tattoo Indian woman. <laughs> <laughs> Squad's all tattoo <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, as soon as she leaves, he's like, oh, oh, I'm an idiot and an asshole. At least I'm having some realization. And then Face just walks by and he's like, hey, you get shot down? <laughs> oh, man, they're fucking... We are pilots banter needs to fucking stuff it. Yeah, man, I got vaporized. One-shotted right away by a turbo laser battery from a locked S-foil. It's not quite that, but Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> You're not in the planes right now. You don't have to. <laughs> no one's making you. Uh, all I know is X-Wing stuff now. <laughs> uh, I mean... My astromech droid should have warned me. That's what I call my conscience. I do at least appreciate that like being shot down is a standard thing to say when someone rejects you yeah and being like hey did you get shot down and then going like yeah you know because we're like pilots and that can happen to us (laughs) is one of those things where i'm like i can't get too angry god knows i would do that horse shit you would but you'd be laughing he's like morose (laughs) about it well yes he also did just get shot down by someone who was like hey uh, you need to think about the way you deal with people and how you deal with yourself. Good day, sir. <laughs> and he's like, oh, fuck, I got put into place. Yeah. Like, I would have expected a, yep, instead of this bullshit where he's like, vaped with one shot from a perfect shot from a laser. You're like, no, nah, dude, no. No, nah, man. No, nah, we don't need that. Either be sad and be like, yeah, or be like, yeah, she vaped me. 
One or the other, you can be jovial or you can be sad. Don't be like, oh, shucks a yucky, I'm sad about my calf. (laughs) My heart's ripped in three pieces, and each one of the pieces tastes like recycled boot leather melted in swamp water plastic. (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, this scene is one of those things where I'm like, god damn it, Tainer, why are you the main character you're bad. Every scene we get where someone is talking to just you and you have a one-on-one, you look like the worst. Yeah. All right, we, we're way behind, so let's jump into what happens next. Now they get they, they have their next assignment. They're going to a place called the Doldrums. It's on the it's on a, a nearby planet. I think it's near Commonor, the nearby planet. Or is well, it- there so it's a star where all of the planets around it are uninhabited. Mm-hmm. So they call the star the doldrums because they're like, oh, no one lives there. It's just nothing. Yes. So this is an exercise essentially in uh, piloting a route. So they're like, all right, everyone yeah, give us nav piloting. Give us your navigation route for a trip there and a trip back. Mm-hmm. And we'll pick the one that's best. Obviously, it's Piggy. He's a hyper genius at this. Yeah. But we're going to make everyone do it anyway. Yeah. And the whole idea was they're like, okay, so the trip is going to go. Fular is like a moon near uh, Commonor. Mm-hmm. So they're like, all right, we're going to slingshot around Commonor, fly out to the doldrums, fuck around, do some exercises, and then come back. Yep. But when they are doing the slingshot around Commonor, they pick up some imperial chatter Notably, because Jasmine is good at her job. Well, not only is she good at her job, but apparently they've all been allowed to modify their X-Wings to handle their particular specialty like they're in G.I. Joe or some shit. <laughs> that is exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh, yeah, all of them get their own specialty G.I. Joe thing. Yeah. So, you know, Tainer's like, oh, I guess I'm the mechanic of the group, so mine has to have like a big wrench on the side and shit. <laughs> I put a bunch of embarrassing shit on my X-Wing because uh, because of my personal dealings and behavior. Because of my, you know, whole deal. Yeah, like his is the only one that has truck nuts. (laughs) (laughs) I got them X nuts. (laughs) They would have been aerodynamic or a problem for the uh, piloting if I actually hung him from the X-Wing. So I just stapled him to the back of my Astromex head. Oh, yeah. Esticles in attack position, baby. (laughs) They stretch out between the S-foils. Yep. Uh. (laughs) The Esticles. Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, she has a special communications sensor package upgrade on her ship, which you're like, hey, if, if that's good shit and it exists, just put it on everybody's ship, you know? Wouldn't hurt to have it. No, nah, man, she, but you got to like, have different things for everyone. Yeah, otherwise it's not a cool squad. Uh, but, yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm picking up comm chatter because of my uh, my, adva- my advanced package. Uh, <laughs> do not step to Moncal's. <laughs> it's advanced, Mark. <laughs> but, yeah, she's like, I'm getting some Imperial chatter coming in. They are very tightly broadcasting to Commonor, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, they're probably trying to hide it so that the broadcast doesn't hit Folor Base. Yeah, and that's weird because Folor Base is supposed to be nothing, so it's weird if they're trying to hide from Folor Base, don't you think? And this is when all the rest of the squad, everyone's like starting to use their unique talents for good. Uh, this is when we were talking earlier about how Kel thinks that this is an elaborate trap. Yeah, because... You know, Wedge immediately goes like, all right, well, fuck. Okay, uh, Jasmine, you keep on that. You try to decipher it and, you know, tell me where it's going. And uh, Piggy, you go ahead and figure out 
like the best way to get back to base from here and everyone else keep busy yeah like mindonos immediately pops up and is like couldn't you backtrace those communications to see how far away they are and then use that to calculate how far they're traveling and and uh which is like, yeah, good idea. And that's when, when uh, Kel's like, shit, I have to contribute something or I'll look like an idiot. I have to also say smart things. Uh, Grinder, do something rad with your hacking. That counts. I told him to do that. That was me. Yeah, and he just gives him a dumb laundry list of like, all right, Grinder, can you hack into the uh, system on Commodore? And he's like, Yes, Obviously. I've already done it, and I have all my hack gear in here because we're G.I. Joes, so my X-Wing is capable of hacking. I have the hack X-Wing, so yes. He's like, great, get me a list of it, of everybody reserving massive blocks of hotel rooms in case it's coming here for R&R. Uh, all berths are being rented out for ships larger than this size or smaller than, than this size, because it might be snub fighters. Uh, uh, just a give bunch me of- anything that they've got for, like, military actions. Give me anything they've got for diplomatic actions. Yeah. Because, you know, Commodore technically is like, oh, they trade with whoever, so they're like, this might technically just be someone... From, like, the Empire Remnant coming to Commodore mm-hmm. to, like, trade so we don't want to just immediately blow up some civilian ship. Yeah. And this this works uh, because after Grinder does a little hacking, he's like, yeah, someone has reserved the largest booth on, or berth on Commodore. It's for a ship called the uh, the Implacable. And the Kel just goes, that's the kind of shit they call uh, uh, Star Destroyers. Who the fuck would name their thing a Star Destroyer name? That's fucked up. And Wedge is like, yeah, 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 shut up. That is a Star Destroyer. That's Admiral Triggett's Star Destroyer. I know exactly what's going on here because I know things. Yeah. That's a real Star Destroyer, and it's really coming here for some reason. That's what happens when you get to the ripe old age of 28. (laughs) I mean, he should know about that because Triggett served under Isard, which uh, was Wedge's big story in the last series of these books. Yeah. So he's so, like, uh, fuck, that's part of Isard's old old squadron of, ty- of uh, Star Destroyers. He's got his own crew and everything now. Yeah, so he's just like, all right, we're going back to base. Jasmine, do a like, tight communication so that it's just a folor and no one will pick up on it. Mm-hmm. We got to go back and prepare because they're obviously coming to fuck our shit up. Exactly. And so they do that. Meanwhile, we jump up to the bridge of the Implacable. And hooray, I love the Imperials of this book so far. Yeah. They're efficient and they're not stupid. Yeah, now... We had gotten a little thing earlier where uh, Triggett had heard back from his little spy drone that we, you know, all obviously realized was on one of the X-Wings mm-hmm. that like, oh, there's some shit going down at Folor Base. So he's like, yeah. great, let's go fuck him up. Exactly. Uh, uh, so he also has a slicer spy that's that's uh, implanted, uh, currently on his ship. He yeah, the one that brought her back in. Yeah. gave the fake information that trapped Mindonos' yeah. squad. Her, all, I remember her name was like Penthodos or something like that. It was Lieutenant Pen something or other. And yeah, uh, Lieutenant Penn and Teller. But do note, of course, that she is smoking hot. Oh, of course. Yeah. She's she's smoking hot. She's got a little beauty mark on her cheek mm-hmm. and uh, she's just a full sex pot. Well, we've already got a farm girl and a soldier girl. So this one's like a like an evil spy. What fetishes haven't I got? It's like a Natasha looking one, like, you know, from from Whereas, Rocky and Bullwinkle. As soon as you said, oh, we've got a farm girl. I was like, oh, she's the ginger. Yeah, we need a, we need a movie star. <laughs> she's got the, the birth, the little uh, beauty mark. Yeah, but we, we already have two hot ladies on the regular squad. So this needs to be a third type. So it's uh, Mrs. Thurston Howell. <laughs> Lieutenant Petithel. Petithel, there we go. Petithel, of course, smoking hot. All, all, all Star Wars women need to be smoking hot, and you need to be made a, made aware of that the instant you meet them, no matter what. Yeah, but they are coming up on the Folor base, and they're like, all right, we got a bunch of chatter. We've 
heard a bunch of nonsense coming on rebel frequencies. This is where it's coming from. We can see a few little fueling stations and things like that up top. Obviously, they're going to have most of their shit underground. It's a fucking moon. Why wouldn't you? There's no atmosphere. So he's like, great. Send out the TIE fighters and bombers, and I want them to bomb this place. Very good. (laughs) Daddy. Mm, Daddy, I want this place bombed. Daddy. (laughs) It's of vital importance this place is bombed immediately, or I shall wither away and perish like a common Gungan. (laughs) If I do not see this base be bombed, I shall be cross, Daddy. (laughs) So he sends out, you know, some TIE fighters and TIE bombers, and the way they come out from the ship is they fly out the back, go up, and then fly over the top so that they can be like, "Wee!" instead of just going directly where they're going, they've got to go show off for the captain. Yeah, they're flying parade colors. Part of it is because he figures there's no way that Folor Base hasn't detected the fucking Star Destroyer. So he's like, the fighter should be boiling up any second, and I want to run up the flag. So, so yeah. They come out of the But also, of- he's like, they shouldn't have had time to do anything because if the X-Wings weren't at Commodore, the whole thing is he's like, oh, they have no reason to think we would be coming, and until we showed up, they shouldn't know. That's fair. That's very so fair. So he's like, oh, all the chatter has to be them going, fuck, get out of here! But yeah, they, they come out from the, 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 the doors from which pilots fly out of a Star Destroyer on the bottom, so they come out the bottom, and they fly around, and they do a basic parade fly, and right as the bombers leave, one of the bombers executes this little snap salute thing that you can do in the space. They just they, waggle they the waggle. wings. And he's like... We get this this moment for him where he's like, don't think I didn't notice that sexy little waggle. I'm Ooh. gonna think about how to reward my pilots later for doing such Daddy, Daddy, make the TIE fighters waggle at me. I like it when they waggle. Ooh, ooh, that one did a good waggle. Give him a treat. Find whatever squadron that TIE bomber is in and give him a sweetie. Have him brought to me. He shall be my plaything for three fortnights. <laughs> I shall have him get the most sweet molasses treat. (laughs) Daddy, have that TIE fighter bring me the brownest sauce available. (laughs) I want a powdered maple candy. (laughs) I'm Admiral Triggett. (laughs) I'm Admiral Triggett. Fancy lad. (laughs) My daddy is, of course, the Empire. (laughs) So they go flying out. They do a bombing run. They blow up some stuff. And he's like something's not sitting right here. Well, there's here. a huge fuel depot that goes lighting up underneath him. He's like, damn, that's a big fire. Okay, but where is everybody? It, they should at least be scrambling escape vehicles or something. What's going on? Yeah, like, best case scenario is he caught them so unawares, he bombed them to the point where they can't get out. Yeah. But he's like, wait a minute, it's weird. There's sh- There were supposed to be mining facilities on here. I guess they might have cleaned those up so it didn't look like there was a base here. Mm-hmm. But if you did that, why would you leave fueling depots? Hold on. Hey, bring up the maps that Commodore gave us. Hey, Lieutenant Smoking Hot Hacker, what's happening? <laughs> and she brings up, Commodore gave the maps of the moon. Mm-hmm. And it was like, hey, where was the mining facility that was most likely the base they were using? They're like, oh, literally the opposite side of the planet. Cool. Cool. Why didn't we check that on the way in? Oh, because we're idiots? Good. <laughs> love that. I love that for us. Yeah. So they blew up a decoy base. They they put a, yeah. put some fuel in a bunch of old buildings. And so then a they... bunch of little transmitters to put fake decoy noise. Uh-huh. So they blew up a fake base. And he's like, well, fuck. 
<laughs> Damn it! I shall become very cross! Daddy, Daddy, get me the base, the real base! <laughs> I do not wish to have a dollhouse, I want a real house! Lay in a course for the actual base, please, immediately! At once, Father! <laughs> uh, so, for some reason, this is going to take... A while. Uh, yeah, because they're... Well, one thing is that they do not intend to reload the fighters and bombers and stuff. They're just like, have them fly around us. Just in a- case some fucking X-Wings show up. Mm-hmm. We don't want it to be like, we sent the TIE Fighters ahead real fast and then got ambushed. So then they're they're uh, locked into TIE Fighter speed. They can't just go around the, the moon in the orbit of the moon by being the fucking spaceship that they are. Uh, I, Yeah, I don't know why this is going to take so long. Fulor is a tiny moon. And yeah. they're they're going hells of fast. Even a big moon, I'm like, you are a star destroyer in space. You'll get to the other side of this moon pretty quick. <laughs> well, we would if we were flying in a straight line, but I prefer for every flight that I do to be a game of hopsman scotch. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, I need a I need peasants to paint me the hopsman scotch. <laughs> Also, I cannot scotch without a giant lolly. <laughs> Bring me one at once. Now by ones and twos, here we go. Tra-la-la. <laughs> so oh. they're, they're going to take a long, slow flight to get around to the real fight. And we cut back at this point to the, uh, uh, the to Wraith Squadron, which, by the way, is now called Wraith Squadron. Tyria came up with the name. Yeah, she won the contest. And uh, the only other names we heard for even suggestions were like, Silly Squadron and Dinner Squadron. Yeah, Fannin had a, a bunch of joke names that he was yeah. like, oh, I wanted us to be, you know, Silly Squadron or Rogue Squadron. He's like, that's taken. Oh, well, but it's still a good name. I liked Dinner Squadron. Were you really hungry when you called it, named them that? How did you know? Wamp, 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 wamp. <laughs> but yes, they are in a Silly tight squadron. formation yeah. on the surface of the moon waiting for instructions. Yes. and. While this is happening, they're like, "Hey, uh, can we go? Can we go intercept some stuff?" And he's like, "Nope." Mm-hmm. He's like, "But sir, I don't understand." That's affirmative. <laughs> <laughs> nope, you sure don't. We're waiting to hear back from Crespin, General Crespin, the guy in charge of Folor Base in the first place, with the big robot eye. We haven't heard from him in a while, and we hear from him, and he's like, "Yeah, we're going to send a squadrons out to meet you. We'll work together to try and repel them as best we can." Yeah, they've just managed to bomb the fake base mm-hmm. and are on their way here. Uh, we've managed to launch one of the, uh, transports out. Mm-hmm. We've still got two more, but one of them is having problems with its ion drive, so we need to buy them time. Yeah, there's like the Bright Hope, which I think is one of the, a name stolen from the Ewok TV shows. There's and the, the Borlea. The and... Bo- there's the, the Borlaeus. <laughs> and the Borlaeus was throwing me because I was like, fuck, what? that's a Star Wars thing. How co-? And I realized eventually it's a concatenation of a Star Wars thing, because it's, it's, uh, the, the most famous Bothans name smashed together. He's Borsk Phalea. So Borlea. And I was like, oh, oh, that's why that's that's getting in my craw. Okay. Oh, I was just thinking, oh, Aurora Borleas. <laughs> May I see it? Well, <laughs> no. its ion drive is down, so yes, it can't move. <laughs> it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> it's the one making noises as it tries to start up. So they're like, all right, let's go ahead and set up a little dumb ambush thing for them. But we're gonna need some advance scouts. So, uh, Wedge is like, all right, let's send two people from each group mm-hmm. to go set up a little transmitter thing up at the pig trough. Yeah, and notably, uh, Crespin has now joined them in his A-Wing squadron that he leads as well. 
So now he's out flying and fighting as well. Yeah, he's in charge of Blue Squadron. Yeah, Blue Squadron. So Wraith Squadron deploys five and six, which is uh, obviously Kel and Runt. And then we just get two other pilots from the A-Wing Squadron that are going to join them. Recreating the cover of the book, I think. Probably. Yeah. They're in some sort of they're in a canyon. high-walled area. Yep. They're in a canyon with a base behind them, and there are two A-Wings there. So, good job. Yep. We got them. Uh-huh. Except there's... Three X wings here. So. Yeah, there's too many X wings. There's, I think there's actually four X wings there. So there's, there, Ooh, there are. Yeah, someone else is going to have to join them. <laughs> yeah, they're going to another group is going to fly in and help. I think. Hopefully, it's a super hot lady. Well, probably. If we introduce any new ones, it will be. But yeah, they go off and they're going to set up a little ambush along the trough for the incoming uh, fighters. Mm-hmm. But that's where we end. We end on them heading off to the pig trough. Thankfully, chapter eight was enormous. Oh, yeah, it was a huge fucking chapter. We didn't even mention the C-3PO bartender ends up becoming their, uh... Oh, they're, like, quartermaster? Their quartermaster, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so Squeaky, their quartermaster, their, their their droid bartender comes out and is like, Hello, meet, f- meet humans. I will be your quartermaster. If you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. If you're incompetent to me, I'll be incompetent to you. And I wanted Wedge to immediately be like, Oh, you're out. <laughs> no. Like, your job isn't to reward incompetence with incompetence. It's to do your fucking job correctly. It's all of their jobs, too. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Half of you are fired as well. <laughs> <laughs> While we're here. I just realized... Like six Tatooinean farm girls. <laughs> My whole deal is shitty. You know what? Tatooinean farm girl is now the quartermaster. <laughs> <laughs> just bring me everyone from that fucking Moss Eisley bar. We'll just work with that. Let me, let me get a lax civ rack. I already know he's an X-Wing pilot. Huh? He hasn't died yet. That happens. No, this is post-Battle of Endor. He's dead. Hey, somebody give me that soup guy. <laughs> soup. I shall drink the Empire's soup. Yeah, great. Uh, can you also get me, I don't know, my requisitions? Sure. Great. Hired. I hope you like soup. Uh, obviously, all humans love soup. Just, just fucking just go. Yes. Minestrone, please. <laughs> I shall bring you such minestrones. <laughs> uh, I have such zupas to show you. <laughs> Daddy, I want to try the minestrone. Daddy, what's an albondigas? <laughs> Ooh, that sounds so exotic. <laughs> From the far-off region of Mexico. <laughs> Give me that that fucking, uh, what do you call him, the, the devil guy that's all obsessed with music. Get him on the squad. Just Hell get yeah. everybody. Let me get Muff Tack and Cabe in there. <laughs> Let me get just Moss Eisley Cantina. Moss Eisley Cantina in squadron. Squadron. Just 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 take them all and repurpose them into a squadron. That droid that makes really good alcohol out of Rodian feet. That's fine. <laughs> he could be one of the Astromechs. Great. You just Love put him in the back of one of the ships and they'll be like, uh, what's our telemetry data? You can make delicious alcohol out of feet. Damn, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am an alien that's interested in answers like that. I guess maybe that's Wooher's ship. <laughs> You can. I'm going to write that down. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Although I do also need to fly this thing. Okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> We're out. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back real soon with yet more of this, though. And if you want some bonus material, which you do, why don't you head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash systemmastery, where if you support us at the $4 level, you will in- unlock a vast array of the following things, which I will gladly tell you about. Ah! Uh Ad-free episodes of all of the main feed stuff, so at any level you will unlock ad-free versions of System Mastery, Expounded Universe, and Movie Mastery. And you'll unlock the System Mastery bonus content where we make characters in the games review. You'll get the uh, expounded, ex- expanded Expounded Universe where we go to Wikipedia, find crazy stories from Star Wars history, and tell them to each other and to you. 
And there's more podcasts you can unlock as well. For an additional couple of bucks a month, you can get all the way to the top tier and get two more friggin' shows. Afterthought, our general discussion and Q&A podcast, and TV Mastery, where we're currently doing very special episodes. That's right. It's a ton of content. No one puts out content like System Mastery, dude. If you're having trouble falling asleep, we're your guys. If you're having trouble not getting to sleep or getting to sleep, Mm -hmm. either way, put us on. Someone in our Discord recently reminded me of a joke from a long fucking time ago that I was so happy to see again when we had decided that the midichlorians are just two invisible Italian guys that will help you accomplish things. (laughs) It's just Vinny and Salvatore midichlorian. We just do things that you need done. Look, uh, I heard you needed a rock lifted. I got some guys for that. Let me get my teamsters. They're invisible. Of course, they'll lift your rock. Hey, midichlorians, come on. You're worried about this. You've got a bad feeling. <laughs> I have a bad feeling about this. Of course he's got a bad feeling about this. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Join us over on Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Support the show. Support any way you can, whether you do that monetarily through the Patreon or you just tell a friend, write a review, whatever it is. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we would love if you do any of those things or just buy our books, whatever you got you got to do that can help us. But beyond that, I have been Elan Sleeves Bagano. And, and I need a death stick. Daddy, daddy, get me a death stick.